0: My name's Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg.
1: Untold Tales of Spider-Man 1996 Annual. I guess pretty
0: much the first uh, Mike Allred artwork in Marvel Comics. First, Jimmy, what do you have? Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Alive. Uh, we're doing superhero comics here today. This is my superhero comic. Homeless uh, Ninja on a Skateboard. Available wherever comics are sold. Published by Image. So get it at a comic shop. Get it at a bookstore. Buy it online. Wherever you can find it. Also makes a great gift this holiday season. There's about eight or nine complete stories in here. You can also join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a bunch of my original art from Street Angel, as well as my other comics like Octobriana and Plain Janes. You can see the process of how I make the comics. I make basically cartoonist kayfabe, focusing on my own work and my own comics. So join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug red room the
1: anti-social network hit in the stands uh november 9th murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game of red room and this book collection is where the four issues of the anti-social network miniseries are being warehoused from this point forward if you got the issues good for you man but uh if you didn't scoop up the collection drew tons of extra artwork (laughs) to go along with the collection spent the summer building this thing into an actual proper book and uh, has about 70 pages of extra stuff including these rough first drafts of the comic we're going to do a big video on this when the time comes you could also pre-order the uh, next round of red room comics called trigger warnings uh beginning in december and i'm serializing all that material on my patreon right now all those links are in my link tree in the description below this video uh so we're looking at Untold Tales, Spider Man, nineteen ninety six. Man, that Untold Tales of Spider Man comic was uh, was a budget title, ninety nine cents. Man, when all the other comics were two bucks, two two dollars fifty cents. Uh, the implication of budget titles and stuff like video games or whatever—it's like you know you get Qbert or something for cheap. Man, it, 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 there's a a, a a sort of diminished value of having like budget titles. This was not only an exception. Probably the best comic Marvel put out at that point in time. Right,
0: and look at the date, ninety six. This is a time when comics are struggling, and uh, besides being a budget-friendly comic, I think each issue was self-contained. Yeah, um, you know, it was sort of old-school, but it looked really good, uh, easy to read, could be sold to anyone. You know, I don't know if it was marketed as all ages, but it was it was classic comics, really. Uh, Kurt Busiek, I think, writing most of them. All of them. Um, you know, a guy who obviously is into comics history and these classic characters, and they were just fun superhero comics this at is, a time when there weren't a lot of fun superhero comics. Grab this one off the racks, man. Uh, I had
1: Madman on my pull list, uh, the Dark Horse comic, so it was a big deal. You remember that like little weekly, what was it called, comic bulletin or something? Comic Shop News? Comic Shop News, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a big deal when Allred was going to do a little cup of coffee, man, at Marvel on this and made sure to scoop it up. Very glad I did.
0: Joe it on inks. That's an amazing team too. Like imagine your first comic job being Spider-Man with Joe on inking you. Absolutely, man. They were setting him up for success. This is Chris Jericho interrupting The Rock on his first (laughs) WWE appearance, you know what I mean? Like they were really, uh, what a great opportunity.
1: Really captures a kind of John Romita vibe Mm -hmm. with the the finishes on the work. Uh, One of the things I love, There are several things i love about can i
0: give a little context to all red coming to marvel sure yeah this didn't happen the lines between alternative comics or indie comics it was so rare that a guy who was successful in the indie or alternative comics would do a marvel book like stylistically usually they were just too far apart it just didn't happen now it's very common but back then it wasn't and this was such a kind of like paradigm shift that, like, Mike Allred's doing Spider-Man? It was huge because it defied how to draw comics the Marvel way,
1: you know? He's a sublime figure artist, but not known for a Kirby-like dynamics, really. Closer to, like, a Ditko uh, sort of energy, or, you know, Alex Toth kind of energy. Heck of a figure artist. You never see him draw the same pose twice. The character's always contorted. That's in Mad Men, too. There's not, like, ever a shot where you just see madman from straight point of view the character's always bent and moving in an interesting way with this spider-man great comic,
0: faces and expressions
1: probably one of the only uh, people to really focus on that stuff at this time there was that uh justice league guy who would who would do it name's escaping me right kevin now McGuire. yeah kevin mcguire uh, you see great gestures and uh, expressions. Like, you know what that means right there, man. <laughs> uh, pulling out the Dutch angles in almost every panel, which is perfect for a Spider-Man comic, especially when he's bouncing around the city and hopping from building to building.
0: Love this splash page. And, you know, you get Joe It's title credit here. I think of Fantastic Four when I first think of, you know, whatever with him. Uh, that's a great Reed Richards, man. Yeah. Another thing that wasn't uh, always obvious and Fantastic Four comics of
1: the 90s. That's true, man. Like, you, they would talk about this being uh, the world's greatest comic magazine. It's like,
0: I'm seeing no evidence of it. What we're missing here is Laura Allred on colors. Uh, frequently, that's the colorist for Mike Allred. And so when I went back, I had not read, I did not know this comic mm-hmm. until this week. So that was a little bit surprising to me. Um, but again, like, this is his first foray into Marvel. Um, they're cautious, you know, they didn't work with a lot of these uh alternative type cartoonists. Yeah, man. You know, he
1: was I mean, already's a cartoonist, like he can ink his own stuff. They didn't they didn't uh give him that grace. I'm sure he's not complaining to have a yeah. Joe
0: Syn with that super sharp turn is it turn this to a Charles Burns it really man there's some great inking like I all of these sort of lines I think he's inking those on a straight edge oh they're, yeah, they're yeah, yeah perfect
1: listen to Frank Miller man on that dark night uh, that dark night documentary where he says it takes you two years to learn to ink with a brush and a ruler and when you do your staircases are better <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say like when you finally master it you never do it again Like use <laughs> pens or something <laughs> This roots it in time. That's the truth. I love the Sue Storm, too. Like, a really great face. He had Joe in Allred, who I assume is patterned after Lara. Um, But his women's faces were just different than everybody else drew women's faces at Marvel, DC, and, you know, superhero comics at the time.
1: Kurt Busick's conceit of this comic is that it happens in in canon uh corresponding with like the steve ditko john romita issues if it ever you know gets up to that point so like this is this is a silver age Mm -hmm. comic with all that that entails one of the things i am curious about uh, it doesn't look like it from the way the the art is um was it drawn marvel method i doubt it because i feel like as an artist you would have you know, have a few more anchors and stuff like that if you were designing the whole thing. It this been. seems very
0: well structured. It is funny to see this as a uh, high school student, Peter Parker, because, man, these dudes are 35 years oh, old. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, you know,
1: like, like, uh, you know, Al-
0: Red has skills, no doubt, man. But uh, that is a uh, near middle aged. Uh I don't know if we said this, but he's asked he asks uh, the invisible girl out. And it's to get back at Johnny Storm.
1: Yeah, because Johnny Storm usurped him uh, grabbing some uh, bank robbers or something, man, and and let Spider-Man know that he did it on purpose to just uh, coitus interruptus, his superhero moment. Good thing.
0: All these characters are pretty good. You know, I feel like every interpretation of All Red with all these classic characters works.
1: I uh, This comic was not something... It would be on the stands... But because of the price point, it would disappear really, really fast. Whenever I would see it on the stands, I would scoop it up and never felt slighted on any issues of this. Usually, Pat Oliff was the guy uh, yes. doing the drawing on the regular stuff, but obviously, you know, you can't do 13 books and have a 60 pager.
0: Look how good Betty Brandt's expression is whenever uh, Parker tells her that he has other plans for the night.
1: Straight up Lichtenstein right here, man. It's,
0: it's such a romance comic <laughs> image.
1: Yeah, like. Uh pop art was what would be referenced with Mike Alred's style a whole bunch, and I didn't know what that meant
0: as a kid. But I know what it means now. It really it really fits this story well. Yeah, trip away pop, his publishing when he was self-publishing.
1: Yeah. This is one of those like cute moments like <laughs> like Spider-Man coming to his date. He's got a web bow tie <laughs> <laughs> it's that, he, that he fastens. <laughs> and, you know, he doesn't have uh, all that money in the world. So he's, you know, she's pulling out the whip. She's pulling out the Rolls Royce, man. And she's, you know, she's not emasculating our guy. He can afford some pizza. She's like, yeah, let's do it. It's a. Bet. I love that
0: she's dressed up and he's in costume. <laughs> hey man, she, it was Spider Man that brought her on the date. It feels it feels totally of that era where you know you can kind of get away with some of this stuff without uh, too many questions being asked. Just have fun, just have fun, man.
1: <laughs> Torch wants to get back at Spider Man, so he starts to boil <laughs> boil the uh, the Atlantic, <laughs> and it rouses up a Namor. Right. Fantastic, right? Great color choices here, because you got that poppy red against all these cool colors.
0: Yeah, and also, don't color your sky blue. That's goddamn right, man. This is another one of these examples of, like, the pop kind of stuff. Like, all of it. You know, just having a a normal-looking person eating pizza with Spider-Man. So weird. Seeing these poses, these thoughtful poses that you've seen and you know it, but you've never seen it in comics. This is, uh, you know, when you talk about jobbers or whatever, you're just not emphasizing this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, that's not what you're there for. You're there to have Spider-Man swinging through buildings and punching somebody. And that's what you would get with the alternative comics, is like, hey, I'm doing slice-of-life stuff or, you know, m- more rounded characters. And that's where you start to find these artists who are looking at things beyond a cool dynamic punch.
1: And it's, it's storytelling. So, you know, she's got a little little schmutz on the hand. She's cleaning it off. It's, it's, it's giving you storytelling. It's so telling. old
0: school. Yeah. And there are moments that feel Burns like, you know, some of the feathering on her jacket, I think feels a little bit like that. And that's it, Yeah. You know,
1: those sharp it lines, man. This almost doesn't feel like Mike Allred at all.
0: You, well, Hey, you wonder if some of the stuff is redrawn, touched up. Yeah. Uh, you know, let it fix some things into more of the Marvel style. We know that happens throughout Marvel and DC history. So why not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just looks so different. It, I mean, it did send it even ink? Like, there's, there's something happening with there. Yo, Mike, tell us, tell us what, what this is, man.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. But again, cause that's this, super, this is as good as it gets for the whole pop stuff, especially a hand of Spider-Man. It's all you need to, to know Spider-Man name or double lit in the face. Good job on the coloring there. It's wonderful.
1: Storytelling here, man. Half mask pulling the thing down.
0: You don't see that often. The cock of that head is so subtle and so perfect. I like his Spider-Man eyes. They're rounded. There's no corner for, like, the outside or inside of the eye, and yeah. I really like that. Yeah, it is good. I don't know who that comes from or if that's just an all-red-ism, but it's neat. It makes it very distinct. You know, it feels like it's that 70s TV show
1: kind of uh, mask in a way. And he'll do these things, too. Like, I draw Spider-Man again. I'm putting a couple wrinkles, like, on all the all the creases, all the elbows and the
0: knees and the
1: hips right there. Like, that is dope.
0: I think the extreme of that is like the uh, Japanese manga Spider-Man it's very you know the costume is very clearly the costume yeah uh, it can look pretty cool such a wild
1: pose right there man you you never would never see like in a dynamic Marvel piece you would never see that fist kind of cut off with the rest of the body you would see that that foot come come out
0: yeah there's a lot that's odd there that arc of how he's throwing the fist too makes no sense you know like it seems like it should be going this way right I don't know, it's, it's an odd one. So you get your classic kind of uh, misunderstanding between heroes as Spider-Man and Namor have to sort this out. And uh, of course, it's gonna be up to uh, Sue to really save the day and, and bring in the Fantastic Four and end this ridiculousness.
1: Ridiculousness, like, like sort of the color on there with the little radio blurs. That is just divorced from the line art that's being presented. Totally, the uh, shaded eye
0: is something I, I don't know if, how often that's used.
1: No, odd stuff. Great gesture, great piece of body language
0: here, man. He's just such a fantastic figure drawer. Very, uh, you know, you can see the all the all red, the madman character in that kind of pose. Great pose there. What was that? Is that? That's not a Steven Seagal figure, New Captain Action. Called Look how action much man. it looks like Steven Seagal. Yeah, man. I bet they sell more, more units if that's uh, hard to kill. <laughs> action, man. Gotta get that
1: license, man. That looks like Mike Allred.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's got that mirror by his drafting board, man.
0: Just a lot of unusual panels. To me, this stuff is very not Marvel-esque. And that's good. That's why you bring somebody new in. Yeah, totally. I, I ate this up at the time and it felt like
1: permission uh that you don't have to draw like your average you know house style guy house styles were still kind of kind of there you know it it was it was jim lee art was the house style at the time it's graduated from busemo wannabes to to uh to jim lee energy and anything that looked different from that
0: is the stuff i was buying this feels like untold tales the the art style it feels very much because it's readable yeah that's a pretty fun choice, having the stars in the eyes whenever Namor actually connects on one. Totally. Totally. Good stuff with, with uh, Jameson here complaining about, you know, c- keeping up his interpretation of how Spider-Man's the menace. It's such heel tactics, the way he explains what happens. <laughs> he saved us, says Betty Brant. He missed us is more like it. <laughs>
1: exactly. yes. exactly what a heel would say. you got to have those moments. And there's also that, that's Kurtzman-like storytelling, too, where you have the same camera angle mm-hmm. with two separate moments occurring. And when you have it like this, it's like one second yeah. transpires amongst these four panels right there.
0: It's a great spread all around. That, that spread, just you roll through it so easily.
1: And this is where we realize that our heroes uh, had a misunderstanding and because uh, Johnny Storm gave up the ghost when he
0: was sitting back laughing. I enjoyed the Namor-Sue dynamic in this story, too. I think that's pretty well done. Uh, good job on Busiak for finding like how to bring these pieces that you've already got the, the moments around them. So making it work within the comics history, pretty well done. And a good thing. Not a bad one, you know. Sinnott.
1: Sinnet, really—that's yeah, a strong you're character for
0: Fantastic Four, man, you couldn't do better than Joe Sinnott for your anchor. We got to
1: have our uh, punchline moment, man.
0: Payback. Peter
1: Parker has to get one over. Hey, the name of the book's Spider-Man, not Johnny Storm. Got to put your guy over, man. <laughs> and there it is—the webbing. You know, in those old uh, Steve Ditko comics, the webbing lasts an hour. You got till 10.30, show the little
0: clock, the crash. The best part, I feel like the promo that's really being cut is that Human Torch walks around in his suburban little home in his costume. <laughs> As a- Undertaker in 1996. <laughs> this is this is uh, three years after Undertaker won his first WWF championship. Yeah, you have much to say about Joey Pulaski though? I don't. And you
1: see uh, Amazing Fantasy 16, 17.
0: I like this conceit. I think it's pretty fun. Gil Kane, piece in. of art. do not complain about that. Waringo. Yeah, this is a nice little feature, and it's in line with what annuals used to do. They would always have like the Ditko pinups in the back of the Spider-Man stuff. This is fun. Yeah, nod to the uh, the original Steve Ditko, Stan Lee, how they create. Uh, Spider-Man comics, which was huge. From you know, when I got hold of that, it was like awesome just to see him inking lines and stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, from from Spider-Man Annual number exactly. one. Exactly. Uh, you know, replace uh, the Karpuziak with uh, with a Stan Lee and Steve Ditko with Pat Olive. It, it was real cool staring real close at Pat Olive's shelves and stuff. He's got the Cowboy Wally show on his racks, man. Got that uh, that Abrams yep. <laughs> Marvel book, Will Eisner. Graphic novels, man. Hellboy. Note Kniff books. Bill Sienkiewicz.
0: Hey, let's not forget the wizard as being a thrown in character villain. I feel like that's. It's wizard. Like, <laughs> you can't have a character named wizard without being compared to Wizard Magazine at the time. And Pittsburgh's own Ron Friends on the pencils there. Kirk Music, he, he's no dummy. No. He's no dummy, man. Uh. This is great, you know, like doing the nine panel grid, you know, keeping in line with that original version of this story.
1: Busiek, uh, was sort of revered for his his comics kind of fanboy knowledge of of Silver Age comics. You see, he has all the mar- milestone editions on the walls and stuff there, man. Uh, so he's he knows the canon. He knows all that stuff. He's read it, you know. He before Douglas Wolkes book, man. Buziak was the guy who read all the all the old Marvel stuff. Uh, so the idea is he's coming up with stories where he's tying in such tangential you know paste pot pete type characters that showed up one two times and now poor pat Olaf has to like find reference for that stuff <laughs> uh reprints were not ubiquitous you know you'd have to drop 50 60 dollars for those marvel milestones if marvel decided to reprint these particular things so he has to go to a shop and actually forked down hard-earned money foretells to astonish number 49.
0: Good thing that uh, he can write this stuff off on his taxes. Yeah, I Love man. that that's part of it. <laughs> yeah, listen, man. One of the perks of the comic book life. Name of the game. And uh, just when
1: he's lining up all the references he needs to make his comic, you know, he's doing up some devil dinosaur sketches to try to figure out, get a, get a handle on that <laughs> character. Guess what happens, man? Kurt Busiek calls him one more time. He's like, yo, scrap that idea. I got a better one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for a little uh, three-pager and, again, homage to that original Ditko classic.
1: Pat Olaf is dope, man. I liked him, too. Real real solid artist. And he does this little piece, man, giving you a guided tour of uh, Spidey's world. Not a bad package. The perspective on this is real crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a big stove. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and just how far down our guys are. Not a bad package to get for the price of $2 when this came out. I was there. I watched it, man. John Romita Sr., John Romita Jr. was on as well. You could see, man, I think my dad spilled some coffee on the <laughs>
0: coffee table or something. Uh, That's going to hurt your resale value, Ed. is John... not going to like that coffee stain.
1: <laughs> John Sr. schooling John Romita Jr. <laughs> saying he drew too many lines in Gwen Stacy's hair when they were with the Sharpie markers on the big bulletin board thing. Put too many lines in Gwen Stacy's hair. Son, she's a blonde. Get some of those lines out of there. <laughs>
0: Good luck I'm, removing your sharpie.
1: I actually bought something from from the QVC there too. What man. was it? It was it was a Spider Man like what they did was they just like hot glued a bunch of issues into like uh, uh soft cover that Steve Lytle drew that was just a silhouette. It was like the cheapest thing ever, and they just took random issues and glued them into this spine and it was like fifteen bucks or something. Man,
0: early days of trade paperbacks.
1: It was, but it was, it was QVC exclusive. Right. That was the whole (laughs) gimmick, man. I had to try, I had to get something. Mom and dad called up, had to give
0: the credit card. It was a big deal, man. It's probably the cheapest item they were selling, 15 bucks. Yeah,
1: because it was all, you know what they were selling a lot of? Uh, uh, Printer plates. Like like lead printer plates of like you know the seventies eighties comics and what stuff. a weird item. But I, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, they right. are
0: they are interesting to see those things. But I I never hardly see those kind of things like float around for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the guys that bought those, maybe it's a good investment.
1: Hanging on to them. <laughs> K favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel Hit the bell. We'll notify your new
0: vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Join me on Patreon.com slash JimRug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. About a dozen of those available right now. The latest, the BW zine, collecting, uh, collaging some 80s black-and-white indie comics. You can also see my original art uh, process, how I make the comics I make, like Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, Plain Janes, Octobriana, and more. That is Patreon.com slash JimRug.
1: Red Room the Antisocial Network trade paperback book collection hit in the stands November 9th Uh, get it at your local comic shop order it directly from Fantagraphics, or go to amazon.com scoop up uh, the Antisocial Network trade paperback man 70 so pages of extra material to create a completely different experience than just reading those issues that came out. Speaking of issues the the trigger warnings uh, miniseries of Red Room Comics is going to begin coming out in December. You can pre-order those at the Fantagraphics website, and you can read those comics on my Patreon. Uh, all those links are in my link tree in the description below this video. What else, Jimmy? Subscribe
0: to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kfab t-shirts and merchandise at the links below the video. Given those Martian Orders, man, we're going to be on our way. Read more comics.